I'm going to say something that is, like, it's going to sound crazy, but there's somebody that needs to know that God can redeem this. I honestly felt how people can take their kids and take themselves. I didn't want to leave that baby. I'm like, I can't leave him, but we, so we both got to go. And I never made an attempt, but I knew since I had that feeling, God, you got to save me. You have got to save me because if you don't, I don't know what's going to happen. Be genuinely happy for other people, man, because that open doors for you, too. So you need to find that teacher that's already been there, that you can learn from. I don't care where you come from, what your upbringing was, what it looked like. Believe that you are great. Yo, yes, man, everything you say they agree with instead of correcting you, you have the wrong crowd. Welcome back to another episode of the Circular Success Podcast. I'm your host, Stanley K. Harvey, and what we bring to the table is bomb people with amazing conversations that possibly can change your life. And I like to say welcome back. I know it's been a while, but everybody been building. Everybody's still out here uh, making it happen. Like, you know, with our circle, everybody still got their own businesses. And But we finally end up in the room again together. I had Nikki HG was in there. Nicole Shirai was in there. Uh, Nishan was in there and we had some special guests and on this episode it was a powerful episode probably one of the most powerful episodes I ever been in uh, it's really overcoming just life situations and uh, getting themselves better everybody getting themselves better and you know coming out on the other end and I do apologize on this episode because uh, it was certain parts of the the recording that that got misplaced and I say, it's my fault. I can't lie about that. It's my fault. But it turned out good, man. One of the best episodes I ever done and been in. And I appreciate y'all giving me the opportunity to be a part of this episode. So what we have is still great. It's still good timing in it. So hope everybody enjoy it and let's get to it. I literally got this only God-given courage to leave that marriage. Like <laughs> one day I said, today's the day. I cooked some pork chops. <laughs> couple sides and I said we're gonna have this conversation and I don't know how this is gonna go but I'm getting up out of here <laughs> so I, I made the meal she came home and she was like you didn't cook I was like yeah and so I said we gotta talk so we sat down I said I can't do this no more like I literally like have been going through these motions and I don't even remember what all I said but I know that I said, I cannot do this anymore. And so she said, I want you to leave, and I want you to never, I never want to see you again. So I said, okay. And so I go and pack my stuff, and guys, I'm smiling. Just the same way my oh, face yeah. looks right now. <laughs> and she came back there, and she was like, you're smiling? It was so dramatic. It was so dramatic. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to smile. <laughs> I was, like, trying to, like, fix my face. Like, Ooh, I'm so sorry. I'm not trying to smile, but I was free. Like, literally, like, the chains had broken off of me. And so I had somebody come pick me up, and I moved to my mama's house. <laughs> and I was like... I did not look back into that situation. Now, it was difficult because she tried everything in her power to, like, defame my character. Like, I had a whole business, take the social media and slander me, all type of stuff. But the Lord had given me strength to leave. Now, here is where God is so graceful, right? Because what I should have done, and I knew that it was the Lord that brought me out of that situation. What I should have done was go and follow him with all my heart. But what I had was freedom. 
I had a little bit of money because my business was successful. I was a 27-year-old woman with no kids. I was outside. <laughs> I was outside. And so I hadn't been with a man for 10 years. What did I want? I wanted I wanted a man, right? Right now. So, so the whole time you just was like just faithful right and everything to her. I, one thing about me, I am loyal to okay. a fault. <laughs> so, yes. So going through that situation, though, like... The whole 10 years, it had to be, like, mentally tough. How did oh, you God. make it through it? Like, you, it daily was, you dealing with somebody you don't want or you dealing in a life you don't want to be in yeah. for 10 years, a decade. Mm-hmm. Like, how did you? So, she parented me, in a way. That's what I was going to say earlier. You really left home to another parent. Mm-hmm. And, and the rejection will make you. Exactly. Exactly. So, just like a child, like, with their parents, it was, it was, kind of hard to leave because she had shaped my adulthood at that time so I really felt loyal I had a sense of loyalty that was deep rooted like I was actually explaining to my husband the other day like I was explaining to my husband the other day that um like it was clear the soul tie I had in another relationship, but this relationship, I didn't think it was a soul tie because I didn't have this sexual connection. But there was just stuff about the patterns in which, like, she taught me so much. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. just my first time being on my own. So, like, I had to really learn and unlearn, like, this. I picked this up from her. This is toxic. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was just a soul tie in a whole different way. Not a sexual connection, but, like, just a just a soul connection. So, it was difficult to see myself without her. Like, guidance. She mm-hmm. was a big guide in your life. Mm-hmm. And so, as far as, like, my crave, like, I had really turned off my sexuality. So, like, I didn't. I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel desire. I didn't feel any. I was like really shut off. So it's not like I was just like out here like, oh my gosh, I'm struggling. I wasn't even thinking about it. So what about business? Was she a big like influence to what you was doing as business? That is a good question. So she was a good, she was a big support system for me. Like irrational cheerleader is what I can call it. Like, you do whatever you need to do. You know, like, we can go broke, but I want you to chase your dream. So I really appreciate that for, you know, in that relationship, I was able, I had the space to just do whatever I needed to do to make it in my business. So if I wasn't able to plant myself on solid ground without the fear of, okay, you got to think about being an adult. Like, you got to think about... there. It was no time where I was like, okay, this isn't responsible to put all your weight on this drink. Yeah, yeah. So I had the freedom to just irrationally follow it, no matter what we were going through, okay. to a point where it got stable. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's where the loyalty came from. That's where the you loyalty came that. from. I respected that, yeah. absolutely. It was a lot of things that just really made me um, feel like we just had to, I just had to be here because it was just like we were family. So, like, we were family, but just not in a romantic way. Yeah, yeah. You know? So, um, one thing, her mom was a woman of God, and now she is gone to glory. But one thing she told her, and she had never been okay with being in a room with another girlfriend before in the past. Okay. But this woman of God told her, um, that girl's going to hurt you worse than you've ever been hurt. 
And I'm like, why would she say that? But she knew, like, she saw oh, the light she on saw, me. Yeah, she saw she you went into what was going on. She knew who I belonged to. And she knew that it was going to be only a matter of time before I realized who I was. Mm, identity. Identity is real, boy. It's and real. then she was that everything you wanted from that parent, that mom, that's the person that paid you attention. So it's like, that felt good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... Um, upon that relationship ending, you would think that, you know, I will follow God with all my heart. But unfortunately, I just, I kept going to church, <laughs> but I was outside. And so I was with my mom. Uh, I moved into my mom's apartment and she told me, she said, I don't need you to leave here until you settle your spirit. Don't move out. I need you to settle your spirit. I said, Mama, do you realize that I've been gone from that relationship? I don't need to heal. I'm okay. <laughs> like, I am free. I'm done. There's nothing that needs to happen. I'm okay to move on with my life. She said, you're not understanding what I mean by settle your spirit. And so I didn't. I absolutely did not. Um, so I went on to a connection that I had with a high school sweetheart who is where, like, I entered any sort of sexual relationship. He was my first. So circle back, and that was a familiar place. I'm like, I don't want just anybody, but I need a man, <laughs> and I know this man. <laughs> so let's see where the let's 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 have some fun. At first, it was just <laughs> have some fun type of situation, but he ended up being my baby daddy. Mm. So I have a. I, he'll be six in December. Okay, cool. My beautiful blessing, my mirror. Uh, and so, upon having him, I was literally in the hospital like, what am, what am I doing? Like, I know how to raise this kid, and I can't oh. raise him the way that I need to raise him with this man. Like, he didn't, he didn't fit what I knew I needed to raise. So, that brought on a deep depression, like... I know I have to raise this baby in the Lord. Like, but I can't do that with him. And so I went through postpartum depression and literally, y'all, I wanted to kill myself. Like, it was, I was so suicidal. And I'm going to say something that is, like, it's going to sound crazy, but there's somebody that needs to know that God can redeem this. I honestly felt how people can take their kids and take themselves. I didn't want to leave that baby. I'm like, I can't leave him, but we, so we both got to go. Mm. And I never made an attempt, but I knew since I had that feeling, God, you got to save me. Mm-hmm. You have got to save me because if you don't, I don't know what's going to happen. And so that deep desperation is where I finally like, okay, God, I'm going to follow you with all my heart. And that is where my life actually changed. So he delivered me, but there was still a process. I know sometimes, you know, when you are delivered from something, you think that there should be, this is it, right? But deliverance is a process just like, you know, following God is a process. You can stick a toe in, but God wants you to, he wants you to get in the sea. Like, he wants you to really... He wants you to follow him with his whole heart. And so that is my story to get into the point where I could fully surrender. And that's what you were saying. Your mom was saying, like, hey. Yeah, settle your spirit. You, yeah, like, before because you go. you're, not, you're not settled. That's what she was trying to tell me. And so when I finally had my spirit set, I went back to my mama's house. Because <laughs> I had moved in with my son's dad. And we tried to have a relationship 
but I just knew I was unequally yoked in that place. So we co-parent now, and I moved back in with my mom. In another five years, <laughs> I, I sat with myself. I healed. I dealt with my trauma and truly got deli- – like, so being delivered from homosexuality was one thing. But that time that I spent after my son was here was being spent healing from the spirit of rejection. Yeah. Healing from that abandoned spirit, healing from that orphan spirit I was experiencing. And so that time, like, it took some time, but God truly did heal me from the root. Like, he pulled the roots up. Okay. So what was your, your father? So my father. Because um, I know at one at that point, you didn't want to tell him. He didn't accept it. Mm-hmm. So out of 10 years, how did that? So my father, he actually got sick. And he was in he was in a vegetative state for mm. eight years. So while I was in that relationship with that woman, I think in 2012 he went into a vegetative state, and he stayed that way until 2020 when he passed. Mm. Yeah. So I there was a lot of conversations that I wanted to have with him, but unfortunately, like him seeing me on the other side of deliverance and stuff, he never was able to. Oh, did that hurt you? Did of you course. want to see that? You want him course. to be a part of that? Yes. Every single day, there's something that happens in my life that I know he was praying for that I'm like, you're not here to see it. Mm. And it came too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Well, we love your outcome and your support for letting somebody else know that's going through what you're going through that um, may be acting like as if this is my life, you know, but deep down know that this is not where they should be. So That's right. your story is very much needed and important. It matters, you know, and it will change lives. Yes. Something that stood out to me was the soul type part. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we think it's just sexual, but you turn that part of you off mm-hmm. and it was your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotion. Yes. So because you felt like there was a parenting there, because you felt like there was a, an attention there, you didn't have to be an orphan, you didn't have to be un, unloved in that sense, yeah. that that's the part that kept you there. And I think that's probably important to highlight too for anybody who's listening is it can look a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. So just because it's not sexual for you does not mean that there's not a soul tie. Get free. Absolutely. I literally had to repent to God and my husband just two days ago. And I said, you know what? I went through a deliverance process to be delivered from the soul tie that I had with my son's dad because that's literally the oldest soul tie physically that I had. But when I talked to my husband about the cleanliness of the house, that's her voice. When I talked to my husband about his punctuality, it's how she used to talk to me because when I first, when she first met me, I didn't come from a house that was on time and the most, you know, perfectly clean. So a lot of stuff she taught me, it was through, like, parenting me. Like, it sounded like a mother to a child. And so now I hear myself sounding just like her to my husband sometimes. And I'm like, wow. Like, while I thought that I needed, I knew I needed deliverance from one thing because I knew that my body was connected to it, I didn't realize how much my soul was connected to how she patterned, helped help shape some of the patterns that I've adopted. And so I had to make that, I had to make that really known to him and and to God because that's, it's real. It's real. Mm -hmm. Was she like the only kid or? She was the only child. Okay. Yeah, so she she had a lot of selfish ways. Yes. Very much so. Like literally, I remember her telling me because I've always had curly hair. 
and my hair, anybody that lives with a natural person know that hair be everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> and so she literally told me, if you sit on the toilet, you need to take some tissue and, like, wipe the baseboards of your hair. Like, what? I can't just sit down and, and relax <laughs> on the toilet. Like, Dang. she was very, very specific about certain things. And so I went from, like, being like, she is crazy to now me sounding just the same. Mm, like, why aren't you multitasking? Why aren't you doing this? Why and I had to like really pause and be like, that's where that came from. I'm only projecting what was done to me. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Who wanna go next? <laughs> oh, I can. Oh. <laughs> um I think with like Nikki, it's like, oh, you could talk about a couple things, but I guess our most my most recent um testimony and learning how to overcome something big was um, deciding in, like, November that we could start a family. And um, the next month, <laughs> we went out of town, told the whole family, all the kids, like, we're expecting. So it was super exciting. Um, and it was on purpose. It was planned. It wasn't like we just – it just happened. So the first week of January – we were in Florida for Christmas, so we come back home. First week of January, I started experiencing some bleeding. Um, I think I called my mom at like 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was like, um. So I knew what was happening, but because of how I was raised, we just wasn't going to say it. So we were like, okay, we praying against it this whole time, but I know my body. And something's not right. So... Um, Ooh, it was like I was in pain, sitting on the edge of the bed, then I go to the bathroom, and I'm like, all right. So um called her, we prayed, Ryan was praying, and I think, oh, we called the doctor, I guess, the next day. So we had a appointment maybe a week later. We had an appointment um, to see the midwives that we had already been seeing. And she did an ultrasound and was like, oh, okay. I'm just pretty much making sure that everything is free and clear. There's nothing left. There's nothing there. So, like, what I knew what was happening but didn't want to ever let those words come out of my mouth. Um, she told me, yeah, that's what happened. So we, it was me, Ryan, and my mom at the uh, appointment. So we leave out. There's no words. <laughs> so she just hugged us on a lot. Obviously, we get in the car. We don't say anything to each other. There's nothing to talk about. Like, I've dealt with loss in my life, but Ryan's never dealt with losing anyone close to him. He's lost his grandparents, but, like, it just it wasn't like me losing my grandma. There was, a, there was just different relationships. So that was his first, like, huge loss. And I was so sad for him that I couldn't even – I didn't even know what to say to him. Um, so we had our night of grieving. So the next day I'm in bed. I don't, I don't want to move. I don't want to talk. I don't want to do anything. And my mom called, she called me. She was like, you're free to feel what you feel. Like you're not wrong for that, but you cannot sit there. So I'm like, okay. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear that for real, but I know it's true. I don't, you can't stay in that place. I'm like, okay, mama. So all the prayers and 
sending videos and everything. I'm like, okay, lady. Um, <laughs> so she um, just helped us like get out of that place because truly you cannot sit there. Like I, I know today I wouldn't even be where I'm at if I would have sat there any longer. So it wasn't surprising to me, but I knew it was like life changing for Ryan to have to go through that and then have to figure out how do I still get through this? I got to get up and go to work. I got to still take care of this house. Like life has to go on still with all this pain, like whatever. So we said on purpose, we're not going to try again because I read an article and a lady said her baby stopped breathing for like, like her, there was no heartbeat. And the doctor told her like, okay, let's get the baby cleared out. And she said, give me a week. I'll come back in a week. If the baby still has no heartbeat, okay. So she went back a week later and her baby had a heartbeat. So if God will do it for her, I know God will do something for us. So on purpose, we didn't try. Again, it was that, that was traumatic. Like, no, I don't even want to. Please. Yeah. Um, so we went to the hospital. Exactly seven weeks later, we went back to her. Just let's just see what's happening. So she was like, "Okay, you're seven weeks pregnant." I said, "Okay." I think nothing of it. I'm like, "Okay." Like, cool. We walk out. My mom is there. <laughs> Um, she's like, what'd she say? I'm like, she said, I'm seven weeks pregnant. She was like, well, seven weeks ago is when you were here. We were here exactly seven weeks ago to the day. So that's not possible. Yet in the natural, it's not possible. So seven weeks ago today, this is at the appointment, seven weeks ago today, this lady told us there was nothing there. We went home, didn't even look at each other, probably didn't eat, like, so how is it possible that seven weeks later, I'm seven weeks pregnant? It makes no sense naturally. So um, So when you walked out of there and she said you seven weeks, you said you ain't thinking nothing of it. I like, think nothing of like it. Like you just like, oh, sure. I was cool. like, okay. <laughs> Did she walk out there and look like that when you saw? She, uh, well, so, so to rewind, I woke up two nights in a row. Shirai was still battling. One day she called me, she said, I'm, I'm, she was, I'm kind of sad, mom, because my body feel like I'm going to have my cycle. So this was after she got the news from the doctor. This was weeks later. She said she thought she was going to have her cycle. She knew how, how she feel, and she was feeling that way. I said, well, tell your cycle what it's supposed to do and when it come back. So, and then a couple nights after that, I woke up at, I woke up at 3.33 in the morning, and I didn't think nothing of it. The next night, the next morning, I woke up at 3.33 in the morning. So I'm like, okay, instantly I knew, like, okay, God, what you trying to tell me? So one, uh, um, a spiritual leader, Joan Hunter, I, I text her because she prophesied to them about having, that they were having a child a year. So I text her, like, straight 4 o'clock in the morning, like, hey, I, I keep waking up at 3.33, and I know how God operates. So I'm like, this means something. So she texts back, before she even uh, messaged me back, I had already got an answer and I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and I pick up my phone and I text her at four o'clock in the morning and I see that bubble. I'm like, where, where was she up four o'clock in the morning? So I said, I don't, I said, I think you're pre you're pregnant. So now she, this is weeks after they said she wasn't. So then I'm like, you're pregnant. And she was, I said, I think you're pregnant. Um, 
as I was trying to see what it meant, I, something came on my phone said somebody is. It said somebody is. A, a child is about to be resurrected is what came to my phone. It said a child is about to be resurrected and whatever else it said. And I'd like jump off the side of my bed and I text her and she, she texts me back like laugh out loud. Mom, I'm sitting here on the toilet and I don't think I'm about to have a cycle. It's four o'clock in the morning. So I'm just like, and Joan messaged me back and said, go to Jeremiah 33, 33.3. So I look up the scripture and it said, I'm trying to sh tell you great and mighty things people don't know. I could, when I read like right now chills, like I'm like, okay, Lord, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, Lord. So she, she's not even knowing she's pregnant, you know, at this point. So I, I instantly tell her, like, I know what God's telling me. You're pregnant. Mm -hmm. So she, we left it alone and that was right before, uh, so she got this news, like, uh, the 10th of the 10th or the 9th of January was when her appointment was. And she, this was a few days before Valentine's day. Mm -hmm. And so by now she would have been like 13 weeks when she went back to the doctor. But, um, when I messaged her that, and then two days later, she, her, uh, me and Larry riding down the street and her and Ryan FaceTime me. <laughs> And they FaceTime, and when I picked up when I picked up the phone, I think she's like, "Where pops?" And I like, "I heard." And they and Ryan put the no, Ryan put the test in a thing. Like two days after I told her, like God just told me, I'm trying to tell you, great my things, you pregnant. And Ryan put the test in a phone, and I said, and I ain't giving them no reaction. I'm like, I know, that's how I did. I'm like, I already know, like that, and that's kind of like how it went. So after that, she made the appointment, and um, she made the appointment and went in, and I had went with them, and I was kind of late, so I was in the waiting room. So then when we got downstairs, I'm like, okay, y'all just talking. What what the <laughs> she's like, um, they said I'm seven weeks. And I stopped in my steps and said, wait a minute. And Ryan pulled out his phone. He said, exactly seven weeks ago. You know, uh, but I think the most devastating part was the first news and to be there. As a parent, it ain't nothing worse than seeing your kids hurt and you could do nothing about it. Like, that's the worst feeling ever. Like, I'm to me, I'm super mom. I'm coming to their rescue for whatever. I, I got your back. I couldn't have I, nothing I could do. It's nothing I could do. And so, like, I got my own hurt, but right now I got to comfort both of them right now. You know what I mean? Like, I we, we out on the parking lot. Like, I got both of them, like, crying on my chest because he's trying not to break, you know. So having that moment and have to go home but still encourage my child through it but still have to hang up and deal with my own, you know, me balled up in a corner crying, like, why is this happening to my baby? You know, so, like, that was, like, a strength for me, too, you know, like, to go through that moment, you know. Um, and Larry is, like, a man of little words anyway, so <laughs> in that situation, like, but he got on that phone and called her, you know, but it's like, man, like, not much you can say, you know, not much you can say, so that was kind of, um, that was kind of, um, it was a hard situation, but he's faithful, man, like. Yeah. He's faithful. Like. I want to say, like, how is that feeling? Like, from that point to, like you say, I just walked out of there like, oh, okay. What was that feeling when she said that? Like, <laughs> um, So at by that time, we had done so much praying and yeah. so much believing. Um, it was almost like an answered prayer. Like you already kind of knew, like, it's I knew this it, was... Well, at that point, we had took the test, oh, okay. so I knew something. Okay, okay. Um, but it wasn't, I guess, okay, so I went in just for her to check, and then 
she put the thing on me and then she she didn't say much and then she just like here's our heart here's the heartbeat uh-huh. and she just and Ryan was in the hallway he like kicked the door okay. down he was like what is this? Oh, it's yeah. like so we that went from like had to be... there's nothing to here's a heartbeat yeah um within a matter of seven weeks so that was like it was crazy but like I said we there had been so much praying and believing and like. Everything that we could do, we did it. Every time it turned like that, it sound better. Oh, did yeah, because it? okay. it's you know the words are okay. words facing. And then like going to the doctor, like I was in a room with her when she went and got the bad news, but before she can even check her, it was she already had in her mind just because whatever Sherrod messaged them and told them what she was experienced. Then when we got there, she was like, "So how are you guys uh, holding up?" And you know, I said, "I, I butted right." I when I jumped in, I said. Holding up for what? Nobody's gotten, you know, nobody, we're not expecting this for whatever you're ready to say. So, you know, she went on on there and um, put the thing. She was like, you know, there's nothing there. You know, and Shirai kind of went into her tears and I kind of just like got on a bed and kind of like consoled her or whatever. And then we got up and left like, and that was that. Um, so but when I, I went, oh, go ahead. So when I went back seven weeks later, she, there's two midwives. I had her again. Okay. So she did the ultrasound and she was just like, I can't explain it. And oh, was, it was the same lady that same told lady. you. It's the same lady. So the same lady that told me there's nothing there yeah. told me I can't seven weeks it. later, there's a heartbeat. What is happening? I can't explain it. So she just, she, so this is what she's doing at the thing. She's like, well, maybe, and then she's like, stop. And she's like, but maybe, and then she stopped. <laughs> and she's like, I can't she explain, explain it. it. She's thinking and I said, this is cycle. nothing that you're, and, you're and, and learning in school. This like, is this is beyond right. that. Exactly. And <laughs> the most powerful part is that they didn't even have intercourse after they left the hospital when they got the news. So that's like, ooh, wait that's a minute. A you know, so it's like, girl, when I read those words on that thing, I'm talking about every time I even speak of that. And I sent her, you know, what, what it was. Well, I sent it to all. I'm like, look at this. <laughs> look, 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 look at this. You know, like, and it ain't, a baby is about to be resurrected. A baby would be born. Like, this is what this means, you know, because I'm like, yeah, I knew the second day in a row. Like, I know when God wake me up, like, we, I was, ob- he want to talk about something. So what's up? What you want to tell me? That second night, what you want to tell me? You know, so. And I, I do believe that it, it wasn't easy, like, once it happened again, I still think it was, like, fear tried to, of all of us, you know, like, the process of, I can tell, I know my child. So, you know, certain things, I think it still took us so long before she wanted to share, before she made moves on certain things. Yeah, it's yeah, almost, yeah. I got to make sure this goes. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, because a miracle don't make, a miracle is a miracle, and you can't do nothing about it. You know what I mean? So even though that happened at first, but because the way it happened the second time, it's like, I ain't got to fear nothing because... He's not, not, this, this is a miracle. Like, and it is no way to explain it. So I'm just like, you know, but you do like, even with me, like thoughts will, you know, will try to come in my head and, you know, so I will stay on her like, Hey, you know, or why you not doing this? So why you not? Because if we expect you move on what you expect on, you don't hide things when I expect it. I'm going to start making my moves because I know this is happening to me. And even before she got even got the news to be pregnant again. Hey, we don't stop. The the, the uh, affirmations we were speaking of with this baby, I used to make get up every day and you go, you walk through that house and you still call these, this, that baby name. Well, the baby still called the baby and say these affirmations over that baby. So I never stopped on my end the whole time that it was gone. I, I would still pray and say the things about that baby that was there the first time. We had just decided to, like, we just gonna wait. We'll just wait. Like, just not right now. 
it was just a lot within a couple weeks, honestly. It wasn't even like over a period. It was like like that. That's how it was happening. So I was like, we'll just wait. We won't try. And then all that happened. I was like, or not. <laughs> so <laughs> now, so I'm eight months pregnant now. Um, <laughs> today I was like, she just feel really low. And Ryan was like, it's it's August 24th, Sherrod. <laughs> and the our original like date that we got was August 26th. So he was oh, like, okay. all right. <laughs> so he been he's like, let me put this bed together. Right. Let me pack this bag. Like, <laughs> we just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it it the most important thing, which even goes back to when staying access, what we were grateful for just for the day is the people in your life. Mm, like, these are my parents, luckily, my sister, my uncle, my auntie, luckily. But not everybody has those parents, those aunts and uncles, those siblings. Um, sometimes we have to, unfortunately, get that from someone else. But God literally always provides us people that we need. So some of like me, me my sister we don't have a lot of friends but we have that family like people look at our family and it's like oh my gosh i wish i was that close and we don't think anything of it like we just this is what we do we rock for each other we rock whatever but it is so important who's in your circle because like had my mom my sister like my sister they were bringing me food <laughs> like I, I'm not getting out of this bed. You got to bring the food to the kitchen. Some days I wouldn't even get up to say thank you. Like, that's how I was the first couple of days. They were bringing me food, praying for me when I couldn't get up and do it for myself. Like, they were all calling me, like, what you need? I'm like, please. <laughs> but the people around you is just so important because what if my mama never called me and told me to? I can't dwell in that? Like, what if my family never called and checked on me or brought me any, like, obviously I would would have eaten still, but just that love and support, like, it it helped me get up and, do, and try again. But I just think it's so, I don't know, important. And then <laughs> I think um, in the meantime, you, you might see somebody give the news that you won't. And how do I not be jealous in this? Or how do I still be like genuinely happy for you when that's all oh, I wanted? Yeah, that's that's deep, ain't it? Yeah, and and I think that I think that happened to Ryan, um, you know, because my little cousin. And you think like this because my little cousin came down there and she like happily pregnant, and then the way we supposed to do things, we should be married and get pregnant. And that wasn't her situation. And he thinking in his, like, we did everything the right way. And this happened to us. And then she just out here wild, wilding and, you know, she gets this baby and she happily and she just, Pregnancy you know, so, was easy. Yeah, you know, and then, but I think you said that's an important, I think another important factor is we have to realize that something is going to happen to each and every one of us over and over. But it's not what happened. It's how we respond to what happened. And if she wouldn't have responded the way she did, like she said, I wouldn't be sitting here eight months today. Because if we wallow in our sadness and we feel that pity, we all it does is block us from being able to move forward to, to receive whatever that is. So that feeling sorry for yourself or pity, God don't even move off of that. No matter how bad it, it seems or like that's cold, but he doesn't move like that. But he, he moves when you're grateful, when you're thankful, when you show gratitude, like... Uh, 
even in spite of this, God, I thank you. You know, more of that. So that's where she had to get to. And I think that that's the result of having that faith and responding in a different way.